there's probably one story that you tell that either made you a lifelong customer or it made you leave that relationship. And we need to figure out what are those moments for PayPal and how do we get them right every single time with every single consumer and every single merchant. Conference Record has joined the conference. Hello. Hey, hey. Hello. Hey, let's rock and roll. You're listening to PayPal Currency, brought to you by PayPal. I'm Terrence Mickey. I'm Mary Domowitz. We interviewed some of the key players at PayPal to understand why becoming a customer champion and other cultural changes are necessary for success. Each podcast is just 15 minutes, most likely a fraction of your commute. Episode two, we are all customers. We've all had personal experiences that either made us a lover or a hater of a particular brand. We've all been timed out of a purchase session and we've all had a wow experience of a beautifully designed website. But how do you take a personal experience or insight and use it to lead an entire organization toward a better understanding of the customer? Everyone should be working on behalf of the customer. All of us, not just the customer service team, not just the product teams, but also our technology teams and also our operations folks and also our project managers. We need to be maniacally focused on people and what their needs are, what their interaction with their money is, what their worries and concerns around their money are, how they interact with their money on a daily, hourly basis. We need to be obsessing about what's going through people's heads related to their money and have that be what's driving our product development and, you know, how we're allocating our resources. That's Kathleen Pierce Gilmore, also known as KPG at PayPal. She is head of PayPal Credit for the Americas, and Credit faces a particular marketing challenge. And so I absolutely think that there's this, you know, this bad rap that credit gets. And there are obvious reasons for this bad rap. Well, I don't think the banks have done themselves a service with their uh, (laughs) behavior in the past several years. Even if you didn't miss the headlines, the news is worth repeating. People were overextending themselves and financial institutions were lending people money at times and in places where, you know, it probably, they, they weren't necessarily creating positive experiences for customers. Yes, they were definitely not positive experiences. And this has impacted how everyone views credit, but especially millennials. I think it's actually rather pervasive in in the U.S., broadly speaking, but for millennials who witnessed their parents go through pretty tough times because of, you know, what happened. Um, I think they've, they've grown up with a different perspective on financial services, broadly speaking, and especially credit. Kathleen has her own unique perspective on credit. I personally have been impacted really positively and really negatively from credit in my own life. Growing up, I was extremely poor, at times below the poverty line, and we really struggled as a family. And my family used credit cards as a vehicle to survive. I mean, literally to eat dinner. <laughs> and eventually, as we started to get our footing, my, my parents just, they were unprepared for, for the, the responsibility that credit comes with. And they continue to use credit well beyond their means. And it it ended up becoming a cycle for them to the point where they were in debt for most of my life. 
And it really hung over me. It was extremely burdensome and frankly had a really negative impact on my life for, for much of my upbringing. And, and I formed a really pretty strong perspective on financial responsibility given that experience. But on the good side... Yes, there is a good side. Wait for it. When I graduated from college, I had no money. I had lots of debt and no money. Student loan debt. That's not the good news, but here it is. She had a lot of job interviews at graduation, and she was able to buy a new suit with her first credit card. With my first credit card, with my $500 limit. And honestly, that purchase, I mean, I got, I got so many job offers, and, and that purchase of that suit really was meaningful. It, it turned my life around. I mean, obviously, my time at, in college and all the hard work that went into that was important and certainly led to those, those job offers. But being able to purchase a suit and feel good about myself so that I could show up well to actually go get, you know, to, pr- to present myself well enough to be, to be given offers, that was a pivotal, pivotal experience that I wouldn't have had if I didn't have that credit card. I truly had no money otherwise. With an understanding of both the negative and positive sides of credit, Kathleen is in a unique position to change perceptions. And we have to help people see how credit is a really valuable tool in their financial lives, but it comes with tremendous responsibility, both on the consumer's side, but also on the provider of that credit. And if we build our products in a way that has discipline sort of built into them, and as part of the expectation of the experience, I think we're, we're, doing, we're doing something pretty incredible. Part of the strategy for a better credit product includes another consumer expectation. We want the best technology has to offer. The reality is credit cards have not evolved at the same pace as technology. And, and so that disconnection creates an opportunity for us. And I, I honestly think millennials in particular who are constantly on their phones, swiping here and swiping there. There's a very social element to how they're leveraging technology, and credit cards just haven't stayed relevant given that context. Now, we, we have a special opportunity to make credit feel different in, in how we actually deploy it. And, I, you know, I think we've got great products today and great experiences today, but I think we have just unlimited potential to make them that much more compelling and and really resonate with audiences that, frankly, are growing in the U.S., not just for PayPal, but for everyone. There's something really positive around helping people get more from their money, you know, reimagining money, making it more consumer-friendly, taking the cost of using one's money and reducing it, (laughs) Um, and it kind of flies in the face of traditional perspectives on credit. Thanks again. Thank you. That was fun. I, I, hope, yeah. it, I hope it worked out. I yeah, no, it's really I don't know what it's going to sound like, but it was actually great. fun. Though. It'll be great. Appreciate it. That's Patrick Adams, the head of consumer marketing for North America. He headed straight to PayPal's happy hour after our interview. But before I lost him in the crowd, he told me of how he figured out a way to get everyone to the table when it came to customer centricity. Yeah, I, I actually signed up for PayPal in 2004. PayPal to me was the mechanism I used when I was on a really sketchy site. And don't think I was on like a porn site or anything like that because I was not. The thought didn't even cross my mind. You know, I'm ordering something and I like this shirt, but I'd never heard of the brand. I, I mean, not giving them my debit card or my credit card. I did though picture Patrick in a sketchy shirt. 
And so that's how I used PayPal for 10 years until I got here. Then until I got here, I realized how much bigger it was than that. And I started really playing around. I went through the experience of signing up and it felt so fragmented and so unclear to me. At points in time, I had no idea what I was signing up for. And at one point, I think I almost signed up for credit and I really wasn't meaning to. So we have this really great guy, um, Mike Summers, who um, he's in charge of all of our, our usability. You know what usability is? So usability is essentially um, the practice of watching um, a customer um, kind of um, go through tasks. And so you could say, I want to watch you sign up and I want you to talk to me as you're signing up really live and tell me what you see, what you think. If usability is a new term for you, this word may also be new to you, schadenfreude. It's a German word that means enjoyment from other people's pain. Watching people use products that don't work so well would be the perfect pastime for someone into schadenfreude. Since Patrick had a usability team reporting to him at his last job, he approached Mike genuinely interested in what he knew. Um, and so Mike was like, are, are you kidding? You really, you're really interested in that? Because like nobody was really interested in that. And I'm like, yeah, is, uh, don't you get this question all the time? It's like, no, never. I'm, I'm here and I do it and I issue reports, but I don't think anybody's listening. And so we sat down and we saw about 14 people. And I thought to myself, um, every time I would sit with someone, I'd be like, oh my God, credit should be here. Or, or oh my God, brand should be here or someone. And before you know it, I had like 15 groups that really should be seeing this that um, I just assembled them. And you know, we had customer service in there, you had brand, you had all of the regions, anyone who um, relied on the dot-com, for example, to drive productivity for the business. And it became a forum. And so that's really what it was. It was a forum to make sure that we're optimizing the customer experience and that when we had a recommendation for a change or an edit, we could align on it, understand the impact, and get it action through technology. And so um, that's what the Customer Experience Council was meant to do. But I think what it did do mostly was it really got the business to focus on end-to-end -end customer experience. And no one was really saying, okay, the customer starts here and ends here. What does that feel like? And once you did that, it really didn't feel so great. So I'm Sarah Hodkinson, and I'm the Senior Director of Marketing Services and Partnerships within the North America Consumer Marketing Organization. So, you know, moving into 2016, uh, we'll start to uh, even further personalize some of uh, the experiences that our users receive from the site uh, by understanding more about them in terms of, for example, where they've come from uh, as far as a referring source to the site and also um, looking at the, their intent and what they are endeavoring to do when they get to the site. So we're very interested in driving that first transaction, what we call activation of a new user. So we are leveraging lifecycle marketing to message the user once they have signed up for PayPal, to tell them about all the great ways in which they can use it to engender that first transaction. There's an increased number of players within the payment space. Um, in order to secure merchant partners, you need a large consumer base. It's that whole chicken and egg thing. You need to be a dual-sided network, as PayPal is. Um, and so appealing to the consumer and ensuring that you have a sufficient amount of consumers to be taken seriously as a player in the business is critical. Yeah, I mean, I think we've created a brand that's much more resonant for consumers. 
So I think you can't afford not to focus on your consumer customers uh, in, in today's fiercely competitive landscape. Um, it, would, uh, it would not behoove us to not focus on the consumer mm-hmm. and to not endeavor to provide to them the most personalized and relevant experience that we possibly can uh, in order for us to be able to compete in this environment. Historically and organizationally, we tend to think about things um, in, in chunks or in silos, right? I'm, I'm the owner of this particular product or I look after this customer segment. And it, I think the, the, the reality of that paradigm or that view is that the customer kind of gets lost or gets, gets diminished in, 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 in the way we're not thinking about them from an end-to-end perspective. That's Jeremy Sulzman. He's the Senior Director of Global Consumer Lifecycle Management. Consumer Lifecycle Management is it's a new function at PayPal. Really, in a nutshell, our job is to represent the consumer across our different products and flows to really think about the end-to-end customer journey as they navigate our, our products and our organization and our, our different offerings, and to think about ways that the sort of some of, it, of its parts could be more helpful, less frictionful, more compelling for users. And it's amazing how often you hear from customers that they don't understand what PayPal is. You start to see in our customers' behavior that they don't know that you need to add a funding instrument to transact. So they'll sign up for an account and go to transact, and they don't have a credit card in their wallet, so their account gets, um, their, their transaction gets declined, and that's their first experience with PayPal. They may not know that you can use PayPal without um, having a balance. They may not know you can use PayPal on merchant sites and think it's only something you can use on eBay. So we work with teams like regional marketing, with analytics, with uh, you know, global and, and regional product teams to really understand where in the customer journey um, there's friction and work with the, the different teams to fix those things. Uh, in some cases, it's small fixes, which have a big difference. And in other cases, it's working with them to figure out potentially bigger, bolder changes, paradigm shifts from the way that we've done things in the past. Watching our people, you know, people use our, 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 our software and our products in a lab, it's such a humbling experience sometimes to see how people will, will try and sometimes fail to use our products. And I think that to me, if you can, I can come up with all the shiny PowerPoints that I need to, but if you take a two-minute clip of watching someone try and fail to use what we think is a very slick and easy-to-use process, that goes a huge, huge way in terms of getting people's minds around it and getting that, that will and that desire to get involved to start to fix it. I couldn't resist asking for a clip to break my heart. Oh, there's been so many. We, uh, we did a, a series of usability um, research on, on the, 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 the website and the sign-up journey. Um, we had some people come in. So these are people who are not PayPal users. Um, and we, we kind of gave them a scenario that says, hey, you're not a PayPal user, but let's say you're at your daughter's soccer game and the coach needs money for jerseys. Um, someone mentioned to you, hey, PayPal might be a good way for this. Um, go figure it out. You know, tell us as you go through the journey. Have you been convinced of, you know, that this is a, it's an option for you? Jeremy and his team learned a lot from this. For me, the, the, when I say it was humbling, oftentimes I found that people, if they try and fail, will blame themselves. And so you have people who are trying really hard and actually probably much harder than they would in their homes or, or on the road to do a task. And then they can't do it because our systems are so labyrinthine or, or, or not straightforward. And they'll say, oh, you know, I should have figured out how to do that. And we'll tell them, hey, did have you thought about doing it this way? They're like, oh, yeah, gosh, I, I really should have figured that out. And you shouldn't have to feel like that as a customer. You can't underestimate the importance of people's first interaction where the relationship can be made or broken. And I think as PayPal seeks to become more and get involved in more and more financial services and, and provide more value to the customer, 
we have a very big piece of work to do to make sure that people can understand the PayPal of today and to start to bridge that into the PayPal of tomorrow. It's about every interaction point with the customer, the entire experience. And that's no easy task to master, but you risk losing the customer if you don't. So I think it's a given that today, in order to be successful as a company, you need to be a customer champion. And that's what it seems PayPal is focusing on again. PayPal Currency was produced and edited by Mary Domowitz and Terrence Mickey of Thought Warrior, with music by FirstCom Music. This podcast series was paid for by PayPal in partnership with Gary Marino. Special thanks to MSL Group. And thank you, Intercall, for the conference record. To listen to other PayPal podcasts, go to soundcloud.com slash paypalcurrency. PayPal is the secure, easy way to pay and get paid. Visit paypal.com to learn more about PayPal accounts.